Chapter 5. Taking in the varied scenery. Top therapies. Spectacular views of the mountains of anti-cancers. Our home planet is quite remarkable. Leaving aside the incredible piece of luck that life evolved here in the first place, it is physically very diverse and beautiful. Take one of my favourite places, California. Even in this one state, you can choose between the snow-capped mountains of the Sierra Nevada and the grandeur of the Yosemite National Park, the lush wine-growing Napa Valley, the stunning beaches and coves of the central coast, giant redwoods in the north's national forests, or weird cacti in the south's Joshua Tree National Park, or the arid lifeless bake-off of Death Valley. Incredible diversity, and that is just one place. The whole world has much more to offer. Diversity is the key to pharma R&D too. We've already seen how the biggest 10 pharma companies throw their nets wide. And in this section, we'll take a deeper dive through the oceans of pharma R&D and discover how they're teeming with a rich array of different therapeutics, tackling a multitude of multifarious diseases. Therapeutically, cancer continues to top the league with 7,772 drugs in its pipeline this year, an inflation-busting increase of 14%. Coming second are neurologicals, with a 7.8% rise to 3,301 candidates. Third-placed anti-infectives posted a more modest 4.7% expansion this year, indicating that the COVID-induced 22.4% growth seen last year was something of a one-off but also that this expanded pipeline has been sustained rather than falling back. Incredibly, every single therapeutic area grew last year. Cancer's rate of growth actually increased across 2021, from a base camp of comprising 26.8% of all drugs in 2010, it has steadily ascended the mountain to the heights of 39% this year a lofty position from where it can look down at all of the other therapeutic areas far in the valleys below. If the therapeutic areas are the continents of pharma R&D, let's break things down further to the country level and examine the pipeline by how it splits out across the 241 individual therapeutic categories. The anti-cancer immunological category has the biggest landmass for the fourth year in a row expanding its territory by a further 15.2%. Both the categories at the number 2 and number 3 positions also posted big increases, with the general anti-cancer category, anti-cancer other, up 17.7% and gene therapy swelling by a remarkable 23.3%. With jumbo expansion seen across the top three, the next 10 categories post significant, if slightly less humongous, rises. But unlike last year, there's not significant movement in placings, particularly within the top 10. Returning to the top 25 this year are the dermatological and anti-Parkinsonian therapeutic categories, while urological makes its debut at number 24. These are the only new entrants to this year's top 25, appearing at the expense of two cellular therapy categories which dropped to just outside the chart, despite actually reporting increases in the sizes of their pipelines plus a third covering reformulations. Cell and gene therapies continue to grow in popularity overall. Pharma Project's Cell and Gene Therapy Dashboard provides additional filters for drugs in these fields, thus giving up a new, improved guidebook to better explore these destinations, which, like a new resort, are rapidly developing and changing. Firstly, 
we see how the rise of the two techniques seems to have been as intimately linked as Buddha and Pest. Both therapies emerged in the mid-90s, hit the doldrums a bit in the mid-noughties, but have really gone stratospheric in the past five years or so. Of course, there is something of a symbiotic relationship going on here too, since many therapeutics involve a combination of both techniques, such as CAR-T therapy, which is cell therapy, but involves ex vivo genetic manipulation, and thus is classified as both cell and gene therapy. It is the emergence of such approaches which has been driving the explosion in numbers for both categories in the past decade. With a lot of focus on viruses and delivering viral RNA in the past two years, has this shifted the selection of viral vectors used in gene therapy? The boomtown is adeno-associated virus, AAV vectors. Gene therapies using this vector increased from 341 in 2021 to 466 in 2022. This is also the vector used in several of the COVID-19 vaccines, including AstraZeneca's. So many of us, including myself, have received a dose or two of AAV in the past year. For gene therapy, AAV pulled ahead of what was its nearest rival, adenovirus, which was flat. The bigger change since the comparable graph last year is the rise in the use of lentiviruses, which are now the second most popular viral vector for gene therapy, used as they are in ex vivo gene therapy to transfect cells. This additional information was added in subsequent to last year's report, hence the apparent increase. Meanwhile, retroviruses similarly demonstrated robust growth, with herpes simplex viruses and pox viruses also coming in with double-digit counts. Our new indexing feature covering cell therapy projects allows us to take a voyage around the sea of different cell types now being used in this exceptionally hot area. The sun is shining brightly down on T-cells. Being the basis of the popular CAR-T strategy, it's not surprising that this cell type is basking in warm waters. Stem cells of various kinds are the other big beasts here, followed by the growth area of natural killer cells. Having viewed the R&D Google map from both a continent and country level, let's zoom in further and look at the individual resorts, cities and national parks of the specific diseases for which drugs are under development. Breast cancer remains the most populous conurbation, but in the context of an overall 8.22% growth in the pipeline, its addition of just two extra drugs feels more like its city limits are shrinking. Coming up strongly in second place is non-small cell lung cancer, which reports a much more significant 11.5% growth. Still seemingly growing rapidly at number three, up from its number five debut position last year, is the category covering antivirals against SARS-CoV-2. The size of its urban sprawl grew by 22.4%, and it's worth remembering that two years ago this disease wasn't even a tiny dot on the map yet. Elsewhere in the top ten, there are mostly a number of other forms of cancer which post more modest population growth. The only other exception to the oncological omnipotence is Alzheimer's disease at number eight, which could be said to be having a rather interesting moment in the sun. The controversial approval of Biogen's Adjuhelm, Adjucanunab, seems to have given this area something of a boost despite that drug's subsequent failure thus far to gain much commercial traction. There's more COVID-related coverage further down our table, with sizable rises for both COVID prophylaxis, which is where most of the vaccines reside, and drugs for COVID complications, 
Rheumatoid arthritis seems to be 2022's biggest loser. And there's just one change to the personnel in Pharma R&D's ruling Council of Diseases, with renal cancer joining the list at the expense of nociceptive pain. This brings cancer's population of the table up to 15 out of the top 25 diseases. Interestingly, breaking down the top diseases by region or major markets paints something of a different picture. In this analysis, non-small cell lung cancer is actually the biggest disease for R&D in all but one region, Africa. Breast cancer is runner-up everywhere, but as NSCLC is absent completely from the top eight in Africa, that's enough to get breast cancer over the line overall. Africa, as usual, has the most distinct disease development pattern. It's the only place apart from the US to have a COVID indication in its top eight. And also featured are some diseases which are notably prevalent there, HIV-AIDS, haemophilia and tuberculosis. Type 2 diabetes is in the top six for many territories, despite only coming 11th overall, and that Canada, China and Oceania have the most highly concentrated focus on cancer. The pattern of drug development across different continents is as unique to them as their landscapes. With SARS-CoV-2 clearly having been one of the main focuses of the world's pharma companies over the past couple of years, are we still in COVID boomtown, or has R&D now settled down into something more of a steady state? Let's review how many drugs were added to the Pharma Project's database in each month of the pandemic to treat the infection, to prevent the infection, or to treat the downstream consequences of the infection. We can definitely see that new R&D here was reported at a much lower rate in year two of the pandemic as the global vaccine rollout proceeded, and there is some evidence of a decline in the second half of the year compared to the first. With much better treatments for hospitalised patients, a plethora of vaccines being available, and now oral antiviral therapies coming on stream to treat outpatients, we may see far fewer anti-COVID remedies emerging during 2022. This will especially be the case should the Omicron wave be the pandemic's final incursion into mass infection. As we noted earlier, while a lot of the world's media has understandably been focused on what has become, hopefully briefly, the world's most prevalent disease, very much the US-China of illnesses, the pharmaceutical industry has also been significantly engaged in tackling the world's rarest diseases, which are more akin to the tiny island states of Micronesia or French Polynesia. While this isn't a new thing, there's been an explosion of interest in recent years, with 677 rare diseases now being the focus of at least one therapeutic development. There's been a real Mexican wave here over the past few years crescendoing up from only 389 in 2014. This year, we reported that a total of 6,080 drugs, or 30.2% of all therapeutics, are in development for at least one rare disease. This is up from 5,608 last year. Just as every tourist destination has some delights to be discovered which are more off the beaten track, every therapeutic area has its lesser-known rare diseases. It's perhaps not surprising that the alimentary metabolic group has the largest percentage, as it's in this area that many of the obscure single-gene defect-related metabolic and enzyme disorders reside. Neurologicals come in second, another area known for some weird and less-than-wonderful conditions. It's perhaps a bit more surprising to see anti-infectives in third, 
Clearly, there are many infectious agents you can catch which are far more mysterious and arcane than coronavirus. Cancer also seems to have its fair share of less common tumour types, with rare diseases certainly a key focus for the pharma industry. Pharma Projects and our sister product, Trial Trove, have recently introduced enhanced searching capabilities for rare diseases. While Trial Trove doesn't as yet curate every rare disease, its coverage is nonetheless impressive. Looking at the growth in rare disease clinical trial starts across the past decade or so, you can see that although there was a slight dip in 2020, they were back to record levels in 2021. While on the subject of clinical trials, let's take a look at the panorama of clinical trials currently underway at the start of 2022. We can see that, as found previously, cancer's dominance is even more profound in clinical trials country. There are now over 16,000 oncology, open, closed or temporarily closed trials underway up from 15,400 a year ago. This number dwarfs second-placed CNS with around 6,000, which is being caught up by third-placed infectious diseases with over 5,600, the latter of course driven to some extent by ongoing anti-COVID activity. The total number of all trials involving treatments, vaccines or supportive therapies against this disease reported thus far is still in the overtaking lane on the motorway, zooming past 6,500, way more than the 4,000 reported this time last year. The number of these which are currently underway now surpasses 2,500, compared with 2,000 last year. But the number of planned trials is up less, from 1,600 to 1,770. Is this an early sign of trial activity in COVID plateauing, before perhaps beginning to tail off? I suspect this number will have come down a bit by this time in 2023. Before we leave the land of therapies and diseases, let's see how many drugs are using souped-up sports cars to get to their holiday destinations more quickly. When looking at how many drugs were granted orphan drug status or expedited review designation each year, you can see that 2021's tally just outpaced 2020's in both cases. This year, we've also added how many drugs received emergency authorizations, since this was a strategy which really came to the fore during the pandemic. There were 39 instances of this alone in the past year. The world of therapeutics is clearly an expanding one. New and rare diseases give the pharma industry new horizons to explore and fresh destinations to exploit. As the distraction of COVID begins to recede, the pharma industry can continue its travels into novel and exciting terrains and vistas. Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead to where there is no path and leave a trail. Ralph Waldo Emerson